Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. newbie and with me joining us this week well my late night companion jerry me what's up jerry oh not much pat i like how you put that uh you know added emphasis on the the leaving a legacy well, I you felt- know honestly i'm just so pumped up i got foot you know football's in full swing right now i got a nice practice in tonight <laughs> we're actually recording like an hour later than we normally do because practice went a little long and and then I got to bring the kids home and you know, just doing dad, dad stuff. You know what I mean? Just doing dad stuff. Uh, and, does that, uh, that mean we're going to get lots of dad jokes tonight? Uh, that's definitely a possibility, man. I got I got a couple in the in the uh, in the clip ready to go. So when the opportunity presents itself, I will uh, I will unleash my dad jokes, I think. All right. Excellent. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so how you been, man? I, I know I missed last week. I apologize to uh, to the listeners. I'm sure it was, uh, you know, people were very upset, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, with football starting my, my, you know, for the next, well, for the foreseeable future, uh, my my weeks are pretty much blown up. So and 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 can I tell you how bummed I was to miss the ELD open on Saturday? Like I was so looking forward to that. And I I just I had a side job come up and I just I had to take it. I could not I could not not take it. And oh, my God, I, I don't know. If we probably, you know, what, Jerry, we probably don't want to go into how how much of a nightmare this job was. But it was something that I thought was going to take like six, eight hours. And I was there for like almost 12. So um, I probably sweat through like four or five T-shirts throughout the day. There was no like there was no AC in the house because it was unoccupied. So <laughs> Jesus, it was just, like just roasting on Saturday in this house in Dudley. So Saturday, I'm pretty sure it was uh like 95 degrees with the uh, 98% humidity. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was like, I was changing outlets in this house and like literally like on my knees and I'm just like, have a, just a constant stream of drip sweat coming down my nose onto my pants. It was, it was, uh, it, but whatever, it's all good. Um, You know, I'm happy to do the work. So that's, that's good. But it was just a hot day and I was bummed that I missed the open. Did you get a chance to make it yourself? No, I was at a one-year-old's birthday party on uh on Saturday, unfortunately. Dude, but that is like the worst birthday party. Yeah, when it's <laughs> honestly like birthday parties get more and more fun as the person gets older, up to twenty-one, and then afterwards it also starts to decline. Like there's like a bell curve. Like they get more and more fun as time goes on, and then once you hit twenty-one, they it get peaks. less and less fun. It peaks. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Like twenty-one is like. 21 is the most fun birthday to go out because people are like, oh, I'm 21. You know, it's like, it's just always like a rager party. Right. But like, like if someone's turning 37, it's like, cool. It's your 37, like sweet, sweet. Party, I was going to say it's like, and it's like a bell curve because uh, by the time you hit 42, people just stop having parties altogether. You just yeah, people, stop having people, get, people get upset about it. Although I will say, so I had, you know, now that we're talking about birthdays, I did have my 37th birthday this year. And my wife set up a night where like we went to, uh, I think I talked about this on the podcast. We went to a, an arcade which was like an adult arc- adults only arcade, which is pretty sweet. So um, that was, that was a good birthday. But like I said, you know, it definitely like it's hard to beat the 21st birthday party, but honestly, like the first birthday party is the worst. Like the kid doesn't know what's going on. They don't know what's going on. Why are you there? Why are you at a birthday party? Uh, as a bat, I, I made these points to my girlfriend. All I'm going to say, I'm going to put my hands in the air. I'm just going to say, I, I made these points. I laid them out and, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was informed that I was wrong. I was yeah. I, I was shown the error of my ways is how I know. Oh wow. Damn, Jerry. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, you know, you know what? You know what they say, happy wife, happy life. Yep, exactly. So that's cool, man. So uh, I'm sure the, the child uh was very thankful for your attendance and will remember it always. Always, yep. But it was great. It was great. So I did not get to play in the ELD open, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we'll we'll hit the next one for sure. For sure. I was I was uh texting with Eric though. He said uh I think they had uh 27 people show up for the open. So that's nice. pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. And one of them we have on the cast tonight, Pat. Well, it, I guess it's a good thing that you and I didn't go, Jerry, because this person probably would have just kicked our teeth in and made it made <laughs> us feel bad about ourselves. Yeah, he uh he steals my lunch money every time I go, every single time. <laughs> yeah, I think the last time I went to, to to one of the Wednesday night events, he just like he just smoked. Actually, I think the last open I went to too, he just smoked me and uh yeah, I don't. I don't think I have a win against this guy in a long time. Maybe at all, actually. He, he might know better than I do, but I'm pretty sure I don't have a win versus him. So, uh, excellent, of course. And we're speaking of the winner of uh, the most recent ELD Open, uh, the owner, the one and only Rude. How you doing, hey, man? How's it going, guys? It's going, man. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Excellent. Well, it's good to have you back on. We had you on a couple months ago, I think it was, to talk long, about- long time ago. Yeah, talk about some uh, world gorger, and I believe we're having you back on because uh, you're doing back to back. You you've won back to back ELD opens, is that right? Yeah, with a uh, mono black turbo world gorger combo. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually really cool. I really hope we get a chance to talk about the list in, in uh, because it's got like some cool new updates that I wasn't aware of. It's one of those decks where you're like, oh, like yeah, Roots. I know Roots playing this deck, and like you see it, and. Uh, but then you actually play against and you're like, oh, shit, it's actually like pretty sweet. <laughs> it's got some cool new cards in it uh, that I was not prepared for that kicked my teeth in. So, yeah, one of the major improvements to the deck actually was the printing of Abdul. That's the one. <laughs> yep. yep, that's the one. Yeah, basically took Wargorger in a nutshell. And the drawback has always been with Wargorger, it gets plowed, you lose all your stuff, right? Yep. That's always yep. been the one bad thing about the card. Abdul just took that and was like, yeah, no, um, if it gets plowed, obviously you just carry on. Or if there's no other creature to end the loop, it doesn't matter because it, right. when it exiles, it says up to any right. number. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about that card for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's one of those things where like I thought I was prepared for like when World Gorger came out, but because it was Abdul, like I don't remember what exactly I had, but it was not. Like it was just one of those things where it didn't line up well with Abdul. I don't know what I had for removal or what I had. It just, it just wasn't going to work the way I wanted it to. So no, that was a cool, like a cool little thing that like uh, a little new wrinkle in the deck, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Well, I also just, uh, what I'm wondering, I pulled up here the MTG top eight occurrences of uh, world gorger dragon decks, uh, top eighting and uh, rude. You make up like half the list of finishes with world <laughs> gorger dragon. It is, you know, considering how powerful the deck it, the deck is and seeing it in action. And I mean, obviously you're getting good results cause you're you've, you've won back to back opens with it. Um, it's funny that it just hasn't really caught on at all. No one else is really playing it. Uh, what, why do you think that is? So a lot of players, particularly in the reanimator community, they gravitate towards the faithless looting builds that play Archon of Cruelty. Mm-hmm. And, and don't get me wrong, I like those builds. I think they're fine. I just think the engine of Stitcher Supplier with Therapy combined with, you know, Abdul and Wargorger is very, very strong right now. 
Yeah. Um, I also feel a reason why we don't see it often as much is because it's not a very magic online friendly deck. It is not. <laughs> it is uh it is quite the combo to pull off and in magic online there isn't any shortcuts and uh you, you end up uh i think losing to time and clock a lot on magic online exactly one of the major downsides to playing on mtgo as well believe it or not there's no mm-hmm. abdul oh really yeah it just doesn't exist you have to play oh. the older version that's another good point then it's not even possible to play the updated version of the deck on magic online <laughs> correct so dumb Thankfully, version one and ver- I call them version one and version two. Version one is the old build that, you know, played Piranha Marsh with three World Gorgers. Yep. It's still very, very competitive on MTGO. I would say it's still very, very good. It just isn't the most updated list. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe this is kind of a sleeper deck that uh, people are not really appreciating as much just because, like you said, you just can't get that many results if it's not a magic online. You know, it feels like uh-huh. we're at the point where like 75% of magic lists, if not more, are coming from magic online these days. Exactly. Uh, but I guess we should kind of refresh our listeners. They might remember it from a couple months ago when we had you on, but uh, you want to just run through your, your list real quick? Sure. So, um, in terms of the creatures in the deck, you have the standard four gristle brand, pretty much, uh, I would say staple in all reanimator decks. You want to lead on four gristle, um, four stitches suppliers, which are basically your enabler creatures in this build used to either try to mill a creature, mill your cabal therapies, etc. Um, you got three grief, which are your disruptive creatures. Two Abdul Adrian, which as we just talked about, they're the new updated World Gorger Dragon. Actually, when you loop them, you get, as you guys know, infinite soldiers, which is very nice. Um, you got one World Gorger Dragon still in the main deck, and then you have one Una, Queen of the Fey. So those are the creatures in the list. Mm-hmm. Then when you go into the spells, you have your four Cabal Therapies, which again, they're there because not only can you strip Force of Will, Surgical, etc. But they're just so good with Stitcher Supplier. I can't even begin to describe how good that combo is. Um, Dark Ritual is a standard. This lets you get a lot of turn one wins. I want to talk about this next card a lot because I think this card... Is it weird to say this card slept on, but in Tomb? Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't emphasize how powerful this card is in Legacy right now. I've actually had a conversation with my friends and... I think it might be top three, maybe even top four best cards in Legacy right now. Hmm. This card is insane. To anyone who's ever played with Entomb, it feels like you're borderline cheating when you cast it. I mean, Entomb is one of the best tutors ever printed in the game of Magic. It it was so good, it was banned at a point from Legacy. (laughs) I've been actually wondering if that was... Well, actually, I think it probably was a mistake to unban that card. Yeah. (laughs) But then when we keep going down the list, you have your three on masks. The only reason I'm on three in this list and not four, believe it or not, there's just no space. If you guys want to play a fourth copy, you can, but you'd have to run a 61 card list. As is tradition. As is yeah. uh, my list. <laughs> I've thought about it. I really have thought about it because the four on masks does increase your consistency a lot instead of three. Um, right. Then for the animation spells, you have your four reanimate four animate dead and four dance of the dead dance of the dead essentially takes the place of exhume in this list and the reason you run dance 
is because if you bring back either Abdul, Wargorge, or Dragon, you just mill your whole deck with Stitcher Supplier, and you win. Yeah. Um, you got the four Lotus Petals for the early acceleration. And then this is my favorite part of the deck. 14 basic swamps. Yeah. Uh, pretty cheap list to put together, actually. Uh, coming in at 600 bucks, just about, which is pretty yeah. crazy for a legacy deck. Yeah, not bad. Um, so, yeah, the one thing, before I get into the sideboard, the one thing I really like about the 14 basics, the most played deck at 23, 24% is Blue Red Delver. Mm-hmm. Um, the two most important cards in that deck, I think Pat, might agree or maybe mm-hmm. you know top three most mm-hmm. important cards wasteland and days right yeah totally that's yeah. basically where you want to be with that deck is cutting your opponent off resources being able to daze all your, their spells for free uh get your drc triggers everything like that the one upside to this build that this reanimator build has normal reanimator does not have is you just go basic swamp basic swamp uh play a lotus petal and you're essentially your opponent's wastelands and dazes are just turned off completely mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a huge upside to the build. Um, I can't stress that enough. I think <laughs> that's the main upside to the deck, to yep. be honest. Yeah, just complete immunity to uh, all sorts of uh, land tape that's in the format. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, then if we talk about the side a little bit, I did make a few modifications to the board. Um, I'm playing the standard four thought seizes. I mean, those come in basically in every matchup. There are mm-hmm. some matchups you don't board them in, um, like against Chalice decks, for instance. But for the most part, it's coming in against Delver. It's coming in against Jeskai Control, all forms of combo. Um, it's very few matchups you're not bringing in Thoughtseize. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my favorite cards on the board, even though it's funny, the three rotting Regisaurs. I was yeah. going to say, that's how, that's how you got me at the uh, last <laughs> open. You, you killed me with a rotting Regisaur. <laughs> now... On the outside, it looks kind of like almost like a meme, right? When you look at it, it's fun because if you can somehow draw it with a dark ritual in your opening hand, plus let's say an unmask or a grief, it's going to be real hard for your opponent to win, right? Mm-hmm. Turn one, grief yeah. or unmask you, discard your most important card, dark ritual, rotting regisaur. That probably beats 60, 70% of the format on turn one. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, especially deck other combo decks. Like I was playing Sneak and Show, and you know, I don't have removal, so you just go like turn one, Dark Ritual, Rotting Registrar. I'm like, well, that's game. <laughs> right. Like, yes. Especially let's say if you have a piece of graveyard interaction, like a surgical or something in your hand, and now you're like, oh crap. Yeah. You know, you prepare to fight you on one axis, and then you completely shift it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The feed, the three feed the swarms are in there mostly to deal with Leyline of the Void. But I have found they're useful against green, white, Selesnia adepts as well as taxes as well, because you can blow up their creatures, which Elvish Reclaimer, big problem for the deck. Yeah, I was going to say Feed the Swarm on its surface doesn't really look quite legacy playable, but it, it does just have that that flexibility, which is nice. So it's one in a black for a sorcery, detar- destroy target creature or enchantment and opponent controls. You lose life equal to that permanence converted mana cost. Yeah, exactly. It comes in, believe it or not, in a lot of matchups. It's really good at killing just... It's good against Plains and Forest, I would say, Mm -hmm. the most part. Um, The three Fairy Macabre are in there, mostly for the mirror, to be honest with you, and to cheese Oops All spells if you're on the draw. You let them infinitely combo, let's say, like a Pact of Negation in their hand, and you remove Mm -hmm. their Dread Return. 
from their graveyard. So it's it's just there for fast graveyard combo, basically. Yep. And then uh, the two explosives are the newest additions to the board. And here was my logic to adding them. One, it's a great answer for Chalice of the Void. Probably mm-hmm. the best answer for Chalice. But there's another main card a lot of people play it's also great against, and that's Grafdigger's Cage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of decks, especially Delver, have been on one, possibly two copies of Cage lately, as well as Shadow. And it's nice because you could bring in explosives, play it at one, and then not only are you answering their cages they may draw, but you also can just blow up their creatures, right? Yep, totally. So it's it's totally reasonable there. It's also fine against Chalice strategies, too, because you can bring it in and blow up like their Moxes and their uh, Chalice of the Voids. It's just interesting seeing engineered explosives in a monocolored deck. Like you're only ever getting that uh, to one, you know, maybe two if you have a if you have a lotus petal. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but when you think about it logically, anything you really care about with EE is either a one casting spell for the most part or a zero. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so that's the whole list. Um, it felt great to be honest. I made some changes from the last uh, list that I played at the open before. I was playing with, I don't know if you guys watched any of Eld's content, Shriekhorn? No. Yeah, I had Shriekhorn in the main overstitches supplier. And Oh, really? Yeah, I was fine with it. Like, the card was good in the last open, but I've just noticed the synergy between Stitcher and Cabal Therapy is it's something that just can't be ignored. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that reminds me of, like, old-school Nick Fit decks when you get the, the one-drop uh, value off the Cabal Therapy interaction. It feels real uh, nice. Yeah, exactly. It was a great tournament. We had 27 players. Nice. I drove up with my teammates, who, spoiler alert, also were both in the top four in our car. <laughs> nice. Uh, That's always a good feeling when everyone's, like, yeah. making it and no one's, like, waiting for their friends. <laughs> We, I cracked a joke with my teammates in the top four because our team name is actually called Team Hammerfist. Mm-hmm. Um, we committed team genocide in the top four because we were all <laughs> just knocking each other out of the top four. It was, it was funny. Excellent. But, yeah. And then I noticed an uh, old friend of the cast also came in top four at this event, uh, Josh Sissio. He uh, did. Oh, yeah. shit. He's playing still? That's The awesome. old school warlord was back in action again. Me and my oh, teammates that's... instantly recognized Josh when he showed up. <laughs> I hadn't seen him probably in five years. That yeah. makes me so happy that he's still playing magic. I haven't seen him in forever. I was I was just texting him and I said how uh how uh, I I was going to come to this event but I had to go to a birthday party and goes, "Oh, I I skipped a birthday party to come to this event." That's <laughs> how you know he's got his priorities in line, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but uh yeah, and no, I'm extra bummed I missed it seeing how Josh was there cuz I haven't seen him in uh quite a while. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute, man. It's been a, we should have him on the cast and see how he's doing, dude. Yeah, for Love sure. Love yeah, Josh. he was he was, he was playing a great deck. Uh four color check pile. Oh yeah. cool. With black splash. Yep. Yeah, nice. it was neat. He was always like he's always he always seemed to like the grindy, like the Charlotte decks and stuff. And if I if I remember correctly, he was yeah, always he, on that on that. He's at, he's at his happiest when he's grinding out 20 points of damage with the baleful strix. That's, yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> that's his play style. Yeah. <laughs> That's worth skipping a birthday party for. <laughs> and and um, I don't know if you guys remember the old store Die Hard Games. I yep. do. I do. Yep. I had played Josh at Die Hard Games, and he actually remembered it, which was surprising. It was at least 10 years ago. It might have even been 12 years ago. 
and we actually played a very similar matchup. I was on Reanimator at the time. It was a much older version. I would, I guess you would call it classic Reanimator. Mm-hmm. And he was playing actually what you guys just said, bug shardless control. Yep. <laughs> so I, I brought it up to him. I was like, bro, I haven't seen you in five, but I haven't probably played you since DHG. And then yep. we both started laughing 10 years ago. Yeah. That's awesome. Funny. Whatever yeah. happened to that store? Did they end up closing down? Um, I believe that Dave did eventually close it down. Yes. Oh, okay. Unfortunately. Because I think the first like uh like duels event I ever went to was at DHG. Oh, great store. Yeah, it was really I, I only I only got to go there once, unfortunately, but I, I like the store. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, DHG. Oh, yeah. Die Hard Games was great because back in the day they used to always have the battle for dual lands where right. you know top eight would give out the dual lands, and I feel he never really updated his business strategy where he kept doing that, even when it was past like economically sound, <laughs> you know, right. to be doing that. And yeah. so, uh, you know, it just wasn't really sustainable after a while. Oh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer yeah. here. Yeah, he played great. He actually was my only loss in the whole tournament. He beat me in the Swiss. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So Josh, Josh said he wanted to uh to draw in the top eight and you made him play it out <laughs> and he beat you. Yeah. And, uh, so- yeah, go ahead. So here's here was the story of what happened. I started 3-0 in the tourney, right? And I ID'd my fourth round with the thought being, okay, I'm a lock now. Even if I lose round five, I'm X-01. There's no way I cannot be in the top eight, if that makes sense. Yep. So in round five, I get paired against Josh. And I, I like Josh. Me and him are friends, everything like that. I told him, I was like, dude, I would ID with you so we could both just be in top eight. But if I ID you, I'm going to be the seven, possibly the eight seed. Right. At XO2. You know what I mean? And I'm like, right. I'm playing a reanimator deck. I'm going to be on the draw every game in top eight. You know, so I, yep. I ended up telling him I basically had to play for seeding purposes. Yeah. If that makes sense. He beat me anyway, so it didn't end up mattering. He just drink, he just crushed me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, also worth noting, Josh is a hell of a matching player. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. one of the OG warlords. Totally, yeah, totally. But, uh, yeah, so he beat me, and we, we laughed it off. I was like, yeah, I, I have to play for seating purposes. Yeah, that's you know? a totally reasonable like thing to say. I mean, I'm not a big fan of of drawing into events, any into, into top eights anyway. I always prefer people to play it out, so... But that's a totally reasonable, like, you know, explanation for, you know? Yeah, for sure. yeah, for sure. I mean, if I'm the seventh seed and I'm on reanimator, I think that's pretty bad for me, right? Uh, yeah, I would think so. I would think so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it was great seeing him. And I have a uh, – I wrote down some notes about some of my tournament. Yeah. You know, like the matchups and everything. Yeah, let's nice. hear it. Curious. Always. So, round love one, reports, I'm the best. paired against an opponent I have actually never seen before which was surprising because most everyone that goes to the Eld events I've either played against or I know who they are. Right. Just no idea who this player is. He also had no idea who I was, so it worked out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I don't know what he's on. Round one, game one, I'm, I'm on the play. I mow the six. I have a turn one. It's an all-in turn one. It's one of those pitch, un, or sorry, dark ritual, uh, cabal therapy yourself, and then try to animate your wool. Like, if opponent has a force of will, you're just dead. Right. It's one of those types of hands. Yeah. I go for the turn one, the all-in dark ritual, like cabal therapy myself. My opponent doesn't hesitate, so he played it very well. I did not think at this point he had a force of will in his hand. Um, mm-hmm. 
I go to discard my Gristlebrand. He lets therapy resolve, and then animate dead. Force a will. Ugh. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So he, he mold the six as well. He force a wills my animate dead. I'm left with just uh lotus petal in my hand, I believe. So I say, okay, uh pass. And he goes, turn one, ancient tomb, chalice of the void at one. <laughs> and I'm and I'm just sitting there like, oh god. All right, I guess we're going to game two, right? So a couple more turns go by. I finally top deck the second swamp. I play swamp number two. And then the next turn, um, the saga ticks up to two. I draw the animate dead off the top, cast animate dead, and it actually sticks. And I end up getting there with Gristle. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I, I couldn't kill him because he had the chalice on the void at one. So the right. stitcher line just wasn't there. I had to naturally just make uh, tokens gotcha. and kill him that way. Did you know what he was on by this time? Yeah, yeah, I knew. I knew he was on eight cast once he gotcha. forced my spell and led on Chalice. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But so game two, we're shuffling up, and all I have on my notes is that he leads on Basic Island and then dies fairly quickly to double discard plus Entomb. Gotcha. <laughs> so he leads on Basic Island. I most likely, I don't. My notes aren't very detailed, but I'm assuming I either unmask or grief him. And then mm -hmm. I end up just getting there within two. So it was a game two was pretty quick, but game one, I feel very fortunate to have won. Yeah. Yeah. You know, game uh, round two, you guys probably know him. Do you know Nick? Nick. <laughs> I know a lot of Nicks. <laughs> Nick Bonnyman. Uh, oh, yeah. He's a local. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was playing uh, Death Shadow. Which yep. historically speaking isn't the best matchup for me. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, you know, terrible, but it's not good either. That's surprising. Um, what what makes it not in your favor? Well, so it's like Delver, but they actually play with Foxies. And right. There's a lot of ways to just strip my hand apart. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. Shadow tends to just be good against combo decks in general because it's fast threat paired with counter magic and discard. It's like the triple threat against gotcha. combo decks. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. It's a much harder matchup for me than blue red, just for that reason of having okay. thoughtsies. Um, so basically what happened in this match was I lead on Stitcher Supplier. It hits. Okay, sorry. I lead on Cabal Therapy, naming Force of Will. And it hits one of his force of wills in his hand. Mm -hmm. Next turn, he, I think he just let on Delver go. And I go turn to Cabal Therapy when my Stitcher's already in play. I hit another card in his hand, and then I flash it back with Stitcher. And I basically just triple therapy him and mm -hmm. get rid of his entire hand, more or less. <laughs> and so it was interesting. I had Abdul in my graveyard. Right. Yeah. And he he draws reanimate and he's sitting there and he's just tanking. I was very confused because I didn't know what was going on. He elects to reanimate my Abdul just so I can't animate dead it. Uh, OK. It was actually a pretty smart line. Yeah. So he brings it back. He pays five and then he just says Abdul and he's beating me down. And then. um. Yeah, because Abdul's a four four. It's not like a chump. In a, you know, it's, it's a right. decent, decent uh, clock on its own. Yeah. And then we, we both started laughing because Eld was nearby 
and we're like, yeah, if you were playing with good cards, i.e., you know, Archon or something like that, that, that reanimate would have been a lot more devastating for me, yeah. <laughs> obviously. But Abdul, you know, reanimating an Abdul, sure, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then I end up, I believe, casting Intomb and getting Abdul myself. Uh-huh. And then I just mill my whole deck, kill him with Woolgorger off an animation. Make makes a clean cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then um game two. Um he leads ponder and keeps. I lead on Thoughtseize. I take his force of will. And then I go Lotus Petal, Dark Rit, into get Abdul and make, you know, infinite, we'll say ten million one ones, and then I pass. And he's like, Yep. I have Plague Engineer, but that costs three mana, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, you got to turn one Abdul, which against most decks, that's going to get you there. Yeah. I would say. Round, okay, so this next match was not that it's a very favorable matchup for me. It was on camera. It was burn in round three. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so game one, he quite literally goes mountain in the Goblin Guide. Mm-hmm attacks me, gives me my swamp off the top. I go Rit, Intomb, um, Stitcher Supplier, Mill Abdul, Reanimate with Intomb, kill you on turn zero, or turn Jeez. one. <laughs> so he ends up, yeah, just being able to cast a Goblin Guide, and then we're off to the next game. Um, nice tutu, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Game two... He, he's mulliganing fairly aggressively. I believe he mulled his first hand, so I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's on ley line. I didn't really know. He goes land um, into chain lightning, so I take three. I open on dark ritual rotting regisaur, and I unmask him, taking his creature that was in his hand. I forget yep. which one it was, and he dies in three yeah. clicks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so uh, those Rotting Register just gets there. Just gets there. Against Burn, that card is extremely effective. Yeah, because what? They got to, they like, basically point two Burn spells at it to kill it, right? They have to Fire Blast plus Chain plus chain or Lightning Bolt it. Yeah. Right, right. You know, so round four, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm 3-0. I elect to ID with, um, I believe his name's Kevin. He plays Moonstacks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know him. No. He's one of the only moon stompy players in the region, but okay. we ID'd. Um, I figured it was a safe play. I could have played it out, but I just wanted to be a lock for top eight. Yep. Then, <laughs> so round five, our good old friend, Sissio, um, on four-color check pile. We, we have the discussion, as we talked about before the match, about IDing. I had explained to him that because of my placing with seeding, it I could ID, but it wouldn't make any sense. I'd be able to mm-hmm. draw every match in top eight. So I elect to play. Um, game one, I end up beating him. I trade a force of will for an intomb, and then eventually I assemble lethal graveyard. Um, and yeah, so I assemble lethal graveyard, I believe with a stitcher a few turns in, and then mm-hmm. I dance combo him, make million one ones, and he dies. Uh, let's see. Oh, game two. Ugh. Game two got ugly. So he actually cast Inquisition of Kozilek two times and a him to Torok on me. 
Ooh. Wow. Bring, <laughs> yeah. leave, it, leave it to Josh to bring him to Torak back. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I get double Inquisition plus him. And then I believe he Snapcaster Inquisitions me again. It was, it was rough. He, he thought teases me essentially like three times and him me. So that's pretty much all <laughs> she wrote. Savage. Yeah. And then game three. Okay. So this was a very, very close match. I ended up having a turn one win with multiple ways of protection, double therapy. I go to therapy him and strip him of his force. And then I cast dark writ um, stitcher supplier off a pedal. My stitcher actually whiffs. So I'm kind of bumming because I had the animation spell in my hand. Uh So I end up therapying the next turn, sacking the stitcher to therapy. And then it whiffs again. So my stitcher kind of let me down big time in game three. Yeah. Uh, he ends up just, you know, casting cantrips, getting there, eventually rip surgical on one of the turns I went for it after finally getting a creature into my yard. And then the game goes on, believe it or not, for a very long time. Like, I don't even know, 15, 20 minutes. It was an extremely long game three for a reanimator match. And then um, I eventually assemble lethal graveyard again. And then the turn I was going to go for it, he drew his Nihil spell bomb off the top. So that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. I basically scooped him up. So he got me in three. Then, so we're on the top eight. Um, trying to remember all the decks that were in top eight. Actually, can tell us right now. Yeah, I can tell you in a second. We had, uh, hold on. I just had the thing pulled up. Where'd it go? Do, do, do. So do you want me to run it down, uh, Rude? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we had uh, – I'm just going to go uh, – this is the top eight rankings uh, after the finals. But there was uh, – so obviously uh, Rude finished in uh, first with the Dragon. Uh, there was Celestia Depths that came in second. And then we had Sissio in four-color control, uh, Grixis Shadow, and then five through eight were Burn, Dragon Stompy, Epic Gamble, and Blue Red uh, Aggro, which I don't know if that's Delver or – That's Delver, Delver, yeah. Okay. That's Delver, yep. So, my first match in top eight was against Ruby Storm, and I'm on the draw. So, (laughs) not ideal, because it's one of the, I would say, two or three decks in the format that is actually faster than I am and Mm -hmm. can kill me before I actually get a turn, right? Right. They just lead on Mountain, Rite of Flame, Gamble, LED, and you're dead. Right. Essentially. Um, So, I'm not feeling too good about it. He ends up keeping a slow six. It just leads on Ancient Tomb Pass, which mm-hmm. I'm very happy about. Um, I end up going Dark Rit and Tomb, uh, Gristlebrand, Animate Dead, draw 14 cards, strip your hand, Lotus Petal kill you with Stitcher's Supplier. Mm-hmm. So that was a very strong turn one um, for me. Then we shuffle it up. We go to game two. I actually boarded in my fairy macabs because I figured there might be a line where I could possibly try to exile his echo. Okay. Maybe. Yep. Yep. Um, so he actually had a turn one echo. He goes land led gamble into um, echo of aeons, mm-hmm. which I'm not happy about at all because I'm, I'm thinking here, here we go. I'm dead. You right. I mean? Right. He, he ends up wheeling me into the absolute nuts 
which was another turn. Like my hand wasn't even really that good, but when he made me shuffle my hand because I mold the five, yep, I actually ended up just drawing a insane hand. Oh wow! That had dark red. It had basically everything: dark red and two, everything I needed. He ends up drawing his seven, and he does not find a single mana source to continue. Oof. Yeah, I, I, that's interesting. So I wonder, like, you know, on like, do they just always have to echo? Is that like, like, like if you see your combo like opponent mold a five, is, is it like, oh, maybe I can? I think not give for, him a fresh seven. No, I think you go for the echo there because that deck has a very high frequency to just kill off it. Gotcha. You end up just getting RNG. Yep. Didn't draw any pedals or uh, moxin to continue. So my turn. This is a very interesting hand that I ended up. <laughs> doing so what i ended up doing was dark ritual this was a very weird line and i've never <laughs> taken this line before in any game i've ever played really I do, i've i've played thousands of games with dragon combo and i've never taken this line it was very strange well let's go on this adventure with you so i go dark rit into i grab my one of world gorger dragon and put it into my yard I animate dead Wolgorger dragon. Mind you, there's not a single creature in the graveyard. Wolgorger is the only creature that's in the yard, which yep. normally it causes a draw if that happens. Right. So I loop the dragon with one swamp out. I generate, you know, 5 million mana. And what I actually end up doing with the animate dead trigger on the stack is I discard fairy macabre from my hand, targeting nothing. Okay. Okay. So I just discard my fairy. It goes into my graveyard. I just target nothing because it says up to, and then right, I target okay. that with the animate dead, and that ends the loop. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I ended the loop with Fairy Macabre, and then I literally cast Gristlebrand from my hand. <laughs> just straight cast right, it from my sick. hand. So, so the Fairy Macabre was a way for you to just stop that World Gorger loop, basically. That was that's pretty slick. Yeah, and then I end up just drawing fourteen and. I draw the Una, I believe, up the top 14, or I drew the Entomb plus. I had infinite mana at that point. Right. So once I drew the 14 cards, it was basically just done. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I end up killing him with Una. I exile his deck in both games, I believe. Nice. So that was a really close match. Uh, really happy to see both my teammates also won their top eight match. I believe my teammate Rob, who was on Death Shadow, beat uh, Blue Red Delver. Which I actually think Shadow's pretty decent against Delver. It's right. not terrible, right? Right. Because Death Shadow is just such a big body. Yeah. Um, and then my friend John, I believe, beat Moon Moon Chalice with Selesnia Depths. Okay. So our whole team wins the first match of top eight, which I'm extremely happy to see. Um Top four, I'm unfortunately paired against the Warlord, Sissio. Yep. Um, so I'm on the draw. I'm happy to see he doesn't lead on Inquisition of Kozilek. Mm -hmm. Extremely happy to see that. Um, I end up getting down a Stitcher Supplier and a Cabal Therapy and just shred his hand mm -hmm. in game one. And then I eventually assemble uh, Gristlebrand and... I make infinite one ones off the gristle burn draw seven and it's just too much for him to overcome. I just have a ton of discard. Yeah. Um, so game two, now that I've played him in the normal round, I kind of know what he's on. I know he's bringing in surgical. I know he's bringing in spell bomb. Mm -hmm. uh, it makes it a little easier for me. Yep. So, okay. Josh, 
Josh pointed this out, and I agreed with him. This was by far the nuttiest hand I drew in the whole tournament. <laughs> not, not even close. So I look at my opening hand, and I tried to not act excited when I drew it, but it was Dark Rit, Land, Cabal Therapy. All right, sorry. So Dark Ritual, Land, Cabal Therapy, Cabal Therapy, Entomb, Reanimate, um, Dark Ritual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just, he goes, yeah, I'll keep. I said, yeah, I'll try mine. <laughs> right? Yeah. He goes, Land, Pass. I go, Land, Dark Rit. He goes, okay, because you're never forced to willing a dark ritual. Right. That's just not a good play. I go Cabal Therapy, name Surgical. He reveals his hand, and he has Surgical in his hand. He oh, also man. has he also has Force of Will. Right? Plus yep. like four other or three other cards plus a couple lands. So I go therapy, hit your surgical, therapy again, hit your force of will. Mm-hmm. So now I discarded both his force and his therapy on turn one. And then I play my other dark ritual. Yep. And I go into reanimate Gristlebrand. Draw seven. <laughs> so Sissy is just sitting there and he's like, What your hand is nuts. I was like, Yeah, yeah. that's and wild. Yeah, I was that's like, a good this one. is yeah, I was like, this is as close to as good of a hand as it you basically draw it up. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't really get much better than that. Right. So yeah, I ended up having like the multiple therapy plus turn one and tomb kill you. Nice. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy. <laughs> so yeah. when I when I talked to Sissio about it, he said uh I had a really good hand, but Rude had a better one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was the best hand. It was probably the best hand I've honestly drawn in the last like three months. Yeah. I don't know if I can ever remember just drawing a hand that just had multiple dark rituals, multiple cabal therapies, plus and tomb kill you. I mean, that's that's pretty insane, you know what I mean? Yep. So I'm feeling really good about my chances in the finals. I know no matter what. So here's the thing. My other two teammates were committing, you know, team genocide against one another. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just had to got paired in the top four. And believe it or not, me, my friend John, and my friend Rob, we play each other all the time at my friend John's house. Mm-hmm. Local matches, you know, we grind it out. So those two players specifically playing one another have probably played that matchup about six million times. <laughs> They know each other's deck card for card. They know everything in each other's side. Like there's nothing, there's no games or tricks being played between those two players. They know yeah. exactly what to expect. And at this point, my friend Rob, who was on Shadow, not only finished as the one seed, I believe, but he was undefeated on the day. So he had not even dropped a single game yet. And my friend John, who's a very, very competent um Selesnia depth player, mm-hmm. ended up squeaking it out in three games. Nice. Which was, yeah, which was really good. So, me and my friend John, who drove me up in his car, ended up playing <laughs> in the finals. The classic uh, team versus team match in the finals. Nice. Gotta love it. He knows exactly what I'm up to. I know exactly what he's up to. There's no games or smoke and mirrors. We know exactly what each other needs to keep in our opening seven and mm-hmm. what to mulligan. Like, me and him have both played the Selesnya Depths Dragon matchup. Uh, a lot at his kitchen table, hanging out with all the friends so many times. Yep. And um, I open up a hand that's pretty strong. I believe it had multiple pieces of discard and I elect to keep. I'm happy to see that he just lands on, he leads on land go. So he didn't actually have a turn one elf, mm-hmm. which I was, exi- 
very happy about. I end up going just swamp pass. Um, he had a Knight of the Reliquary in his hand, which I end up taking with Cabal Therapy. And then a couple turns later, I believe I end up just knowing the coast is clear with one of my hand discard spells, and I end up killing him with Entomb plus Dance. Mm-hmm. So it was it was about a turn four or turn five win. Me and him both played it a little slow. And then uh, once I made sure his hand was clear of, like, plow and everything like that, I ended up going for it. So game two, we're shuffling up. I'm feeling pretty good. He goes, turn one, deafening silence, go. And I'm like, ugh. That card, for reanimator specifically, is almost a death sentence. Yeah. Right? Really? Yeah. 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 It's so hard to beat because if you try to discard them at all, it ends your turn immediately. If you play a Lotus Petal or a Dark Ritual, ends your turn immediately. Yeah. Um, basically, anything you try to do when deafening silence is in play, it, it just says no. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You basically have to just go for an end of turn into pray they don't have either endurance or crop rotation in their hand. Yep. Because you, you just can't do anything. So he ends up getting the deafening silence down. I end up dirtling for a few turns. Um, I eventually draw my engine at explosives and play it at one, but he had night and a couple other things, and I end up dying a couple turns later. He ends up just clicking me and killing me. Um, so game three, all right, I won't lie to you guys. I was pretty nervous going into game three. Yeah. Uh, everything's on the line here. You know what I mean? You got the play mat to play for everything. And here I am. And I draw an opening hand that when I say it was sketchy, I tanked for a while, whether or not I was going to keep this hand. It was the sketchiest seven I've probably kept in a while. Mm -hmm. I have it written down. It was double therapy, swamp. Lotus Petal and, uh, hold on, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, okay. So it was Double Therapy, Swamp, Lotus Petal, Animate Dead, Dark Ritual, Engineered Explosives. Yep. <laughs> I'll ask you guys, do you keep that seven? Go, go over one more time. What is it again? It's two Cabal Therapies. Okay. A Swamp, a Lotus Petal. Animate Dead, Dark Ritual, EE. That's tough. I think I do keep that, though, knowing that it's probably... You, it's not like you have much filter, filtration in your deck. So you said um, you had a Cabal Therapy in hand? Two I had Cabal two. Therapies. Oh, man. That, that I, makes I you want to keep... That makes me yeah. want to keep the Cabal Therapy, personally. Because you have interaction for the first couple turns and you can guarantee that at least one Cabal Therapy hits. Yeah, I, I tanked on it for quite a while because it's very close. Like, tossing this hand back, if somebody else were in this, this person's shoes, yep. totally reasonable to throw this hand back, by the way, guys. I don't always yeah. advise to just keep a hand that essentially doesn't do anything. Yep. But I knew what he was on. I knew I had the EE for the Elf if he had turn one Elf. I knew I had multiple therapies to hit his crop rots out of his hand. I had the I had the win if I draw an entomb or a creature. So I was like, I'm just gonna keep it. It was a very sketch keep, but I kept it. Mm. I go swamp therapy you, naming crop rotation on the play. He has crop rotation in his hand. He reveals his hand, and I am not happy at all when he reveals his hand. Okay. So I I believe it was crop rotation, three land. 
a Mox, Outland Liberator, and Knight of the Reliquary. Okay. <laughs> so here I am. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, ah, oh, darn. Because I've played against John a lot. If he gets down an Outland Liberator, it's almost game over for me, right? Okay. Because he can just get it into play, and its effect is you can pay one to sack it to destroy an artifact or an enchantment. Uh-huh. So essentially, if I ever go for an animation spell, he could just blow it up in mid-loop. Gotcha. And just be like, you know, get get fucked, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm not happy. And I honestly contemplated playing a Lotus Petal on my hand and going for the second therapy to strip his Outland Liberator. Yep. I elect not to. And I end up just therapying his crop rotation and pass. Okay. So he plays his Mox out and plays turn one Liberator, which I'm not happy about. I end up drawing a card for my turn, I believe. Um, another animation spell, maybe. Mm -hmm. So now I'm thinking to myself, well, crap. I know he has Knight in his hand, and it's going to be coming down next turn. I right. almost am forced to therapy the Knight. Like, I literally have to. Right. Because I don't have a way to win, and if he sticks Knight of the Reliquary, it's basically a wrap. Right? Yeah. How am I ever going to play through a creature that can destroy all my stuff as well as Knight being able to exile my graveyard? Mm -hmm. there's just no way right right so i elect a therapy's knight he drew a land for turn i believe which i'm happy about so his hand is pretty much useless he has like a thespian stage a wasteland and like two other lands i'm like okay i have the answer for the outland liberator because i had engineered explosives in my hand so i'm like all i really need to draw is just like in tomb you know what i mean yeah and i'm pretty much good so he goes attacky with Liberator. It flips because it has the daylight, the day night effect. If you guys mm -hmm. are familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a couple more turns go by, and I'm in a situation where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to kill this Liberator. So I play a Lotus Petal from my hand. This is the amount of resources I had to burn to kill this Liberator. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I mean, that thing really binds you up, huh? Yeah, I can't uh, combo well. when it's in play. So I play Engineered, I sack it for a red, I tap my Swamp, Dark Rit, I cast EE for two with the red in the Dark Ritual, and then I blow it up and I kill his Liberator, right? Okay. I play another land. He ends up whiffing on his draw for his turn. I believe it was a Mox. Mm -hmm. I, next turn, draw a Stitcher Supplier. I could not have been happier to see Stitcher Supplier. Probably the happiest I've ever felt. I cast it. One card down, nothing. Two card down, nothing. Third card down, Abdul. Yes. I'm so happy, right? So yep. Abdul's in my graveyard. I pass because I don't have a way to get it into play yet. He ends up drawing. I can't remember the card he drew for turn. I think he just left it in his hand and passed. So I said, okay. So now my hand is Una, Unmask, Dance of the Dead. And I have two cards. In, or, sorry, I have all those three cards in my hands and two land in play. Yep. So I'm like, I can bring back Abdul, but John had two cards in his hand. So I'm like, what are the chances one of them is either, you know, Force of Vigor, Source yeah. of Plowshares. Yeah. There's a million cards he could have in his hand that just completely destroy me, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, well, if I exile my Una with this Unmask and target him, I can no longer win with Stitcher. I have to kill him with infinite one once. Right. Because my deck can no longer mill his deck out or do any of that. And I'm willing to take that risk, I think. Mm -hmm. So I end up unmasking him, pitching my Una. He reveals his hand. It's land, land. 
Oh. And, I'm, and I'm like, oh my god, thank god. And then I dance. I bring back, or sorry, animate dead, bring back Abdul, make, you know, ton of one ones, million one ones. And then when I end up doing, this is kind of a weird line that I've been taking recently with Stitcher, mm-hmm. but because I knew Uno was exiled and I knew I couldn't kill him with the Stitcher supplier, what I ended up electing to do is because Abdul states you can exile up to any number, mm-hmm. I elected to make four million one ones first with Abdul's ability just by targeting himself. Yep. And then when he came back, I started to exile Stitcher individually. And then, so what I ended up doing was I went mill three, like slowly. Gotcha. Mill three, slowly. Mill three, slowly. So I ended up just individually triggering the mill threes until I hit a gristle brand. Oh, okay. In my graveyard. And then what I ended up doing was I swapped out the Abdul for gristle brand. Okay. To end the loop, essentially. Gotcha. So it was kind of a weird line that I normally like don't really take. Typically, if you're milling your deck, you just kill them with Wargorger and the Una. Mm-hmm. But because the Una was exiled, I elected to just put Crystal Brain into play naturally off the milling. Gotcha. And then I stopped milling once I hit it. Oh. It was kind of a cool line, though. He ended up. Yeah, definitely. Car- yeah. He- so he drew the last card, and it was ended up being good. And uh, yeah, that was it. Nice. Yeah, it was a crazy game three, though. I'll tell you. Yeah, that's. That I mean, that's always. It's funny. So, like in this depth pack, in this depth deck, is Liberator something that is commonly played among these decks, or is it something that because he's your buddy, he just always runs this now in case he's going up against you? No, no. I think that most builds play it in the side. He just okay. wants to main deck it. But yeah, all gotcha. the builds are pretty much on Liberator. And I, what I can say, guys, any of you uh, Selesnia players listening to this, play Liberator in your deck in the main deck because that card is actually nutty. Nice. That card is so good. But yeah, so that was pretty much the finals. It was a very, very tense match. Extremely that's awesome. tense. Yeah, yeah. But that's a good one to have, though, right? Like, oh yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, the, the one ones that are back and forth where everyone has decisions to make are always like the best ones, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's so awesome. It was, a, it was a great tournament. Um, I believe the top four all got about two hundred forty in credit. Yep, which was pretty good. We ended up splitting top four. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I got a cool great playmat of Greece. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw, saw the playmat prize. It looks sweet. Yeah. It's, I actually had people contacting me asking me if I'd sell it to them. Oh, really? That's yeah. awesome. Yep. So I was like, nice. yeah, I don't know. I might hold on to it just for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was a great tournament. Uh, any update on you guys? Whether we're going to be having a leaving a legacy in the future, or yeah, we'll be we'll be have another one. I don't think we've picked out a date yet. Um, we're looking sometime in the fall. It's just tough with with football and stuff, but we'll find something for sure. I think. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. But yeah, man. Well, congrats on the W, man. That's awesome. No, oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Um, Jerry, do you want to get into scoops and poops before we wrap up? Yeah, no, that was great. Uh, thanks for coming on, Rodney. That was uh, an awesome rundown, you know, and now you got to make it a hat trick, right? You got to win the next one. <laughs> I am, dude. I'm going for the hat trick, guys. Wish me luck. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's get into some uh, some scoops and poops. All right, Jerry, who do you want to scoop in a top eight this week? Uh, I don't think I've told this story on, on the cast yet, but uh I went to uh, this uh, arcade bar, <laughs> uh, Pat, mm-hmm. 
uh that's near my apartment and, um you know as as we're leaving we notice that there's this one game that isn't really getting any attention and we go mm-hmm. over and, and it's entirely in japanese has has no instructions whatsoever completely in japanese and the entire like interface of it is it's a it's a screen and then like a full-sized plastic coffee table okay <laughs> as, as the only controller and so we're figuring it out and we figure out that the the point of the game is you have to flip the table over as violently as possible to score the most points <laughs> so it's literally that meme of someone like rage quitting magic flipping the table you know the goal is to get the uh the, the items on the table to fly as far as possible <laughs> that's awesome uh best 25 cents i ever i ever uh spent so definitely gotta <laughs> scoop this this game into top eight because it is amazing it was it was a little uh iffy though because the whole like graphics of it is like you're this like middle aged bald guy flipping the table and in the background it looks like your wife and kids just getting more and more worried the harder you flip the table (laughs) so (laughs) very very japanese very japanese (laughs) Uh, but yeah i gotta scoop this game in because it was it was ridiculously fun and i think we played it right but we don't know because it was all in japanese (laughs) (laughs) did you have fun jerry i had fun and that's that's what matters. matters that's all that matters Exactly. <laughs> How about you, Rude? Who you want to scoop in the top eight this week? I'd like to scoop in Eld because honestly, he is such a good judge. Without him, man, I don't even know. Like he he's gotten so good at just everything about hosting his tournaments, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah he puts on a great, great event for sure. Nice. Uh, he's definitely my scoop in for the top eight for sure. Nice. Sweet. Hell yeah. What about you, Pat? Who do you got? Um, mm, who am I going to scoop at the top of it? You know, I'll, I'll scoop you guys in. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for waiting for me. I Again, I apologize. I know we're running late tonight. Uh, we got a late start, but thank you for, for waiting for me and let me uh, jump on the call, man. Jump at the cast. It was a good time. Yeah, it was awesome, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you guys. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Hope to see you next month at the Eld Open. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to try to be there. Um, I'm hoping that I'm able to go. So I should be able to go. I don't know if you go to F&M up there. But I'm going to try to go to the F&M this week because it sounds like my wife's not work. So last week, so I was like, oh, I'll go to Wednesday Night Magic. And I'm like, oh, no, I have I have practice. And I was like, oh, I'll try to go Friday. But then I ended up having to, uh, my, my wife worked late, so I couldn't go to that. And uh, uh, this Wednesday I have practice. So I'm hoping maybe I can get there this Friday. So perfect. We will, uh, remains to be seen. But I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to, man. I'm trying to get up there and, and support the, sh- the stores and stuff and and just get back into the habit of playing magic. It's just uh, got a lot of stuff going on. You know, that's all. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, awesome. hey, we, we hope to see you up there for sure. Yeah, I hope, to be, I hope to be there, man. It's it, honestly like uh, it's a great crew down there. Like the the vibe is always good. And it's always like the mat. Like I've been to some stores like in the past where like you go there and like you can tell it's not like a strong legacy scene because everyone there is just sort of like there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> you, you go like I've, I've been to places where like I go in and like I 40 F and M for legacy, like fairly easy. I'm like, Oh, that's not, that's not where I need to be. Like if it's not challenging for me, that's not where I want to be. So I like going to a place like ELD or if I, if I go up to, to uh gaming, et cetera, there's just, there's all like very, very good players there. So that's, that's what I'm looking for. You know, I would say that Eld Elds in terms of the player base that we have there now, very, very competitive just for a weekly. For totally. Sure. Yeah, Totally. 
Um, awesome. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it for this week, Jerry. Uh, oh, you know what? There was a new patron who signed up last week, which I wanted to give a quick shout out to. Oh, hell uh, yeah. Yeah. I always, always appreciate the, the patrons. Yeah. Keith Sweeney uh, signed up last week. I wasn't there to say thank you because I missed the podcast because I was at practice. But Keith, thank you so much for uh, for supporting the show. Uh, it means a ton. Um, you know, I'm doing all the I'm doing all the editing now. Uh, so, you know, we can definitely use the uh, the support so we can get an editor again. It makes makes our lives a lot easier. Um, I'm always complaining to Jerry, Jerry, stop sending me M4A files. Send me, send me MP3 <laughs> files. Jerry's like, Oh, just find a converter. And I'm like, I can't find a converter. I feel like two hours trying to figure out fucking audacity. And it's just a nightmare guys. Please help me. You can go to patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. And, uh, and yeah, that just want to shout out our new patron and, uh, and say thanks to everyone who's stuck with us, man. Appreciate it. Hell yeah. yeah. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, man. And uh, we got episode four, 400 coming up in a few weeks. Uh, so Jerry and I are working on something a little special for that. You know, kind of like a not a round table, so to speak, but I just kind of want to hit on some of the some of our, our you know, greatest guests of all time. Some of our, you know, our best friends who have been on the show and people we, you know, just all the people we've had a great time with. I mean, almost 400 episodes. So if you have anyone who you really want us to uh, to reach out to and see if we can get them on for a few minutes, uh, worth a chat uh shoot us a message on the facebook page or just yell at jerry on twitter i think he's still on there so i'm not on twitter okay no, no. well there's <laughs> then up then send it to the facebook page uh pretty much everyone has uh mentioned the art episodes with dakota as some of their favorites which is really funny because well, i think when we first started doing the art episodes jerry it was, we weren't sure how it was going to go over but they seem to be pretty beloved by by people so that's pretty awesome yeah. and uh and yeah so yeah if you have a guest who you want us to uh you know bring on and, and chat with uh just just let us know I'll, i'm my i have someone in i have someone in who i would like to get on but i don't know if he's i don't know if he's still involved in the magic scene or not but we might we might have him on anyway because he's a just a classic guest so but that's oh, a surprise gee. that's a surprise um but yeah so that's that's all i got this week guys so uh th- thanks for hanging out rude thanks for, for hanging out with us we really appreciate it thank congrats you to the, congrats to the win man and uh we can't wait to see the next one all right can't and wait and we catch you on next yeah. week. Bye. See you guys then. I remember playing back in 94 when three mana never got me a 4 4. I remember playing back in 94 before Storm, before the Grizzle Brands and Neo form. I remember playing back in 95 Battling the ivory tower with my black vines I remember playing back in 95 When the only force of will was the one we had inside You say we've come so far I say where we going So many planeswalkers The stained glass ceiling's broken Gold-plated diamond cards Still our wallets open Take me back to 94 I remember playing in March of 96 Trading Bad Moon and Green Ward for a Chromium 
I remember playing in March of 96 When my local game store still sold packs of legends And they were only $10 a pack back then Which seemed like an awful lot to me at a time Cause I was a kid and I didn't make any money So I had to beg my mom to buy me one And finally she did And I was really hoping that I would open an Elder Dragon Legend But instead I opened a Tempest of Freet but I learned to love that Tempest of Freed, and I put that Tempest of Freed into every single deck that I made, but I was too scared to use its ability, because I couldn't bear the thought of losing my Tempest of Freed. That's what it meant to play Magic back then. We had a real emotional connection to the cards. Not like these kids today with their fancy Twitter accounts and their sideboard guides and their arena tournaments. Back in my day, when we would open a pack of cards, it was magical. We didn't know what we were going to get. Now it's all ones and zeros. I opened a $5 card. I'll trade you for your $7 card, or you're going to have to give me two extra dollars of value. No! Back in my day, when we traded for a card, it was because we liked it. I traded two dual lands for a minion of Leshurac. Have you seen the picture on that card? You say we've come so far. I still say where we go in. So many planes, walkers, the stained glass ceiling's broken. Gold-plated diamond cards, still our wallets open. Take me back to 94.